I'm Jahan Giles, and this is the Take the Next Step podcast brought to you by Johnny Walker. In each episode, we'll meet everyday people just like you and me who have been bold enough to take the next step and lead a life of their own design. They will each tell their own story and reveal there is not just one path to success. Their stories will inspire and enable you to be daring and give you the tools you need to take the next step to lead a life of your own design. The most important step isn't your last, it's your next. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of talking to Sally Spratt, an uber-talented illustrator and artist who created the cult Instagram page, The Lust List, an amazing and inspiring collection of gorgeous artworks dedicated to life's luxuries. Now, Sally hasn't always been able to live life as a full-time artist, so she's going to share her amazing journey and tell us how she has become a social media superstar. I've met Sally in a bar and we're going to talk about what she's up to right now and how she got to where she is today. Sally, it is so nice to meet you. It's so lovely to meet you too. Hey guys, what can I get you? I'll have a Johnny Walker red highball, please. Oh, yes, please. Me too. With fresh lime. Sure. Sally, tell me more about The Lust List. What is it exactly? So The Lust List is your daily dose of inspiration on Instagram. Um, It consists of a range of playful hand illustrated and painted items so it features everything from outfit inspiration flat lays location themed collections food and drink dream seasonal wardrobes florals prints and even puppies (laughs) that sounds like visual sugar for every woman on instagram (laughs) thank you seriously (laughs) yeah guys thanks so much so sally let's go back to the beginning What was life like for you? I wasn't really happy in a job um, that I'd been in for a couple of years. I was doing something that I was creatively stunted and I guess it just just wasn't the right environment for creativity. A lot of people listening in are in the same boat. They're working with these jobs, long days, long commutes and they're not happy. So why do you think that is? I, I guess what I'm trying to ask is why do you think we stay in these jobs that we don't actually love? I think security is, is a big thing. I think it, it may not necessarily be challenging or exciting, but it, it could be something that just feels comfortable. And, and a lot of the time we just are happy to be comfortable and not push ourselves. Completely. I actually couldn't agree more with you on that one. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm envisioning where you were at that point in your life. You're a designer, you have these long commutes, you know, from what I can understand, there wasn't much support or passion for what you were doing. Um, What happened next? I was working what felt like seven days a week. I felt like I was putting my heart and soul into a a business that, you know, wasn't my own. And I sort of felt a little undervalued. I didn't feel that fire, that passion anymore. So I guess I was looking for an outlet. I wanted something fresh and I needed a, a new start. You're at home. You're having a conversation with your flatmates. Yes. Tell me what happened next. <laughs> so I think probably for about six months there, they heard me whinge and whine and, and just talk about how unhappy I was. And being the amazingly supportive friends that they are, and they are incredible, very much cheerleaders and championing for happiness and success. So what they did for me was we sat down one weekend and they go, look, I think you should just go out on your own. Do it. Just Give yourself an opportunity to, I don't know, try something new. And they very much saw something in me that I didn't see myself at that point. And they had 
confidence in me. So they said, just do it, we've got your back. So now I just had to focus on doing what I loved and finding, I guess, those opportunities for me. I, I wanted to be an illustrator so bad and I just was like, all right, this is my opportunity. I just have to do it now. Amazing. So the pressure's on. Were you scared to take that next step? <laughs> Absolutely. I had no financial backing. I'd spent five years studying graphic design and I'd spent five years working as a graphic designer in magazines and in fashion. And now I wanted to be an illustrator with no portfolio and no contacts, no nothing. So I gave myself six months and, and so I was like, okay, pressure's on. I love a deadline. I'm going to do it. So that was the parameter. Six months, I had, I had to put all my energy into it to get it done. Which is kind of scary when I think about it. I'm like gulping. <laughs> Tell me more about the Lust List and how that came about within that six-month time frame. So the Lust List developed uh, in between jobs. I guess I was just really craving that life of, of being able to go out and buy anything, really. You know, a pair of shoes, a new top. Just, I just craved something beautiful and luxurious and so I started drawing on the side to my projects and I started illustrating shoes and handbags that I just wished I could have. I, ha I wish I had the means to have them um, and then I started uploading them onto my personal Instagram account and then these same amazing housemates were like, look, why don't you just create another Instagram account um, and have it sort of as a portfolio, as a bit of a showreel. And I thought that was a great idea. So I decided to create my own account. And the phrase now synonymous with the brand, which is, if I can't have them, I'll draw them. Um, and then we sort of threw around ideas and we came up with the lust list, which just kind of felt organic to what I was doing. It just was like, this is me coveting all of these amazing pieces that I just can't have. So I'm going to draw them. That's how it was born. Amazing. So you were obviously, I mean, the fact that you had part-time jobs while you were doing your illustrations and creating this Instagram account that eventually would rise and have a cult following. It sounds like a crazy six months. So what actually kept you going during those first six months? Um, a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to fail. Uh, this was my one opportunity. It was, I either do this now or I don't know whether I'm going to have the confidence to do it again later. So that was it. That was just game on, six months, I wanted to push through it and I just wanted to do everything in my power to make it work. And tell me more about that phone call. I can only imagine how you reacted and tell me more, what was that moment like? Well, I guess it was, oh, it was the end of the six months. I was feeling a little bit, oh, a little bit downtrodden. I was feeling a little bit uninspired. I'd got, I was getting to the end of my six month mark and I was thinking, I don't want to go back to a full-time job, not working for myself. I'm loving what I'm doing. I just hadn't got there yet. So when that phone call came through, I, well, I was elated, but I was mute. So <laughs> um, I didn't know what to say. I thought it was very much a dream come true. I thought I finally got my big break and that was it. It was the game changer. It was exactly what I needed. I needed somebody to believe in me, to go, I'm here to support you and like cheerlead you onto that next stage and give you the clients to, to propel you forward. And that was that was it. Amazing. So I can imagine, you know, before you get that phone call, sitting at home, there's that scary thought process going in your mind. Like, were you ever affected by self-doubt sort of within that period of time or even just a lack of confidence? Because that deadline's approaching. It's 
That's scary. Absolutely. I think every day that it got closer to that deadline, I was definitely feeling the pressure on myself. It was, you want to make it, you know, you, you, you've been told that if you want something enough, you can have it. And I hadn't yet got it. And I was like, well, I'm doing everything in my power. What am I not doing? And so, you know, you're working so hard. And for me, you know, your confidence levels are just going down, you know, bit by bit every single day. And it was just like, perfect timing. You've obviously been on an incredibly creative, challenging and rewarding journey since you handed in your resignation. Tell me, what are the five rules that you live by? Number one, dealing with rejection. So being told no or not getting a response can be really exhausting and deflating. So I think learning to ask and be prepared to learn and adapt your approach is really important. So if it's not working, try a new tactic one day the door is going to open and you just have to persevere and learn to ask questions. So give me an example of when you were rejected and how you actually overcame that feeling. So I think when I started, I obviously didn't have a portfolio behind me as an illustrator. So I was applying for jobs to be in a studio, uh, just applying for freelance jobs. And it's kind of like modern day dating. They, they ghost you. They're not going to tell you, no, <laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> and um, you know, you just have to, it's kind of a little bit deflating because you're not hearing back, you're not getting that feedback. So um, you just have to keep trying. And I think one thing I learned was if it's just not working for you, then you're just going to have to try a different approach. So what's <laughs> the second rule that you live by? To push yourself. I think, you know, if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way. And it's about working hard towards it and realizing there are no shortcuts. Recently, I worked on this job, the, the deadline, there's a bit of a misunderstanding with when it was due. So uh, I think instead of having one month to get the job done, I think I ended up getting this job done within about a week and uh, got up at 4am every morning and went to bed at 10pm every night. And it was just, you just have to get it done. And it was a fantastic job and I was super grateful to have it. And I just, I guess I just put my head down and bum up. It's all part of it. Yeah, you just <laughs> literally pushed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your third rule that you live by? Oh, I love this one. Listen to your friends. I lacked the courage to take the leap and go out on my own. However, with the support and encouragement of my friends, they actually helped me to learn to trust myself. And they were right. I think good friends really support your dreams and champion your success. Um, so surrounding yourself with those kinds of people in your life, that positivity, ends up becoming that drive. They're the ones that are there for you. Completely. And yeah. I find too with good friends, their, their positive support's amazing, but also I can imagine your friends challenge you as well. Absolutely. So it's not always, oh, that's amazing, bye. It's like, okay, but tell me why. Do you find you get that from your friends too? Yes, yes. They, they do want to challenge you because it's uncomfortable going into something that's unknown. They pushed me. They said, look, we'll do the resignation letter. We've got your back for when you're all done, but you're going to have to take that leap. And until you do, you know, nothing's going to change. So we're here. Go for it. Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about your fourth rule. It's finding beauty in everything, but I think this also goes hand in hand with gratitude. Um, and I think, you know, you don't need money to surround yourself with positivity. And I think being grateful for what you have and the opportunities that present themselves is something that is really important to help keep you focused. Um, if you are focusing on the positivities, um, then it will help keep, 
a good perspective on, on things. You know, when it, when it gets tough, you have to go, well, what's come out of this? What am I learning? What, where am I pushing myself? How far have I come? And I think that that's what propels you. And, you know, I think you try and see the beauty and, in everyday things because it brings you joy and happiness. And I think that that's what sustains you. And it may seem like a really simple question, but how do you, as a creative find the beauty in things. If someone listening isn't, you know, they're down in the dumps, they're not feeling confident about what they're trying to create, how can they get out of that darkness to find the beauty in things? Absolutely. I, yes, I'm a beach person. I love it. Seeing the waves in the morning is my jam. It's your religion. <laughs> it really is. So I take the dog down to the beach in the morning. He has a play. It actually makes me really happy just to see him happy. It makes me really just zen seeing sunrise. Uh, so that for me is what I find beautiful. Love it. So what is your final and fifth rule that you live by? The fifth rule is to love yourself. So love who you are. And I think this also goes hand in hand with trusting yourself. So I've mentioned struggling with imposter syndrome, which is like self-doubt over my art and capabilities. And it's hard when you work for yourself because you don't always have that confidence and reassurance that you usually have in an office environment. Uh, but learning to trust yourself and your abilities will give you the confidence to take those risks and really push those boundaries. So give me an example. You know, you're sitting at home and you need to create something for a client. I can imagine it's quite like a super overwhelming situation. How do you trust yourself to get the job done? Well, first of all, I go, if I don't take this, am I going to regret it? And then I think, okay, yes, <laughs> I'll regret it. And will I grow from this experience? Yes. So I think you just have to lean into being uncomfortable um, and just give it a go. It's not always perfect, but you're going to be that much better from trying it and giving it a go and giving it 110% um, than not doing it at all. Because yeah. I think the biggest regret is looking back and going, oh, I could have done that. I just didn't have the confidence to try it. Those rules are so insightful and valuable. Thank you kindly for sharing them and so openly. Um, tell me though, because I'm very curious to know, how do you actually juggle work and life? And how do you stay creative? <laughs> yeah, balance is key and I'm still working on that. Uh, I think my dog definitely helps, <laughs> to be completely honest. That's so he, needs, he needs a walk in the morning and at night. And so, strangely enough, despite my, me being creative, I do start at 9 and finish at 5 because he needs a walk at 9am and I, he needs a walk at 5pm. Um, and so that's sort of how I balance it. I have responsibilities there. And then around that, I get to just be me, do my job and love what I do. So that's my balance. Amazing. And what is the next step for you? Well, I'm actually really excited about this. There's a lot of new technology that I'm wanting to try out. So I'm actually wanting to get into the digital space next year and try and speed up my work and make it more efficient. And then that gives me the freedom to be more creative. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Sally Spratt from The Lust List is a beautiful example that if you kick self-doubt to the curb and work relentlessly, you can really live the life you want to live. While Sally is highly creative, she is also very pragmatic, and it's this powerful combination that has seen her flourish into a full-time artist. Her advice is very practical and applicable to so many industries and pursuits. So I hope her tips and advice have inspired you to take the next step because the most important step isn't your last, it's your next. 
You've been listening to the Take the Next Step podcast brought to you by Johnny Walker. 